Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap on a Wednesday. It feels a bit like a Saturday with it being a public holiday for elections. Hope you've had a good day so far. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll have live action uh, from Banyana Banyana's uh, Olympic opener against Sweden. Natalie Jaman is keeping an eye on action on the action for us. I can tell you, though, 32 minutes in, it is goalless, although Banyana Banyana are absorbing a ton of pressure. We'll have more in just a moment. Looking ahead to tomorrow, I'm a glug-glug. The under-23s get their campaign underway against host Brazil. The team will be captained by Keegan Dolly with Kwanda Ngonyama and Rivaldo Kutsia as vice-captains. Dolly says they've got a huge amount of respect for their opposition. That um, they have good individuals, mm-hmm. and yeah, they 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 a great country overall. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's just to play our normal game, and mm-hmm. we know it's going to be tough, but we need to work as a team mm-hmm. and just enjoy the experience. The skipper says uh, they may also have a surprise or two for the other teams. Look, um, us as South Africans, we're good with holding the ball. You know, we ball players, and mm-hmm. um, we're quite small. You know, I think. Um, most other countries are, are bigger in structure, mm-hmm. but uh, I think that could also work to our advantage because we we quite small, we we quicker, we we we, we have more, you know, pace, mm-hmm. skill, mm-hmm. and I think if we use that to our advantage, it, it's going to help us a lot. Looking at Team South Africa's rowers, uh, they're also in Rio ahead of the start of the Games and they're feeling pretty confident uh, ahead of the Olympics starting. Kirsten McCann says despite being so far from home, everything feels familiar. Our boat um, was shipped in from Italy. It's the boat we've been using this whole international season. So everything's been perfect with our boat and our blades. The course that we're rowing on, we were able to train on it last November and then um, so we've started right into it. Everything is really well run at the rowing venue. We're very happy so far. Meanwhile, London 2012 gold medalist James Thompson says that as a rowing squad, they have high expectations going into these games. Oh, I think it's, it's very similar. There's some new challenges for us. Having succeeded before, maybe our own expectations are a bit higher. And, uh, but a lot of the other stuff, at the end of the day, we know that it's, at the end of the day, it's a rowing regatta. And we've got to really put ourselves in the right set of mind, the same way we would do for any European race or any, any race for that fact. And uh, we're just excited to get stuck into our process now over the last seven days. And we look forward to the opening couple of days next week. On to football news. Cape Town City have signed former Maritzburg United and Mamelodi Sundowns defender Robin Ioannis on a two-year deal. Despite a few of the bigger clubs in South Africa trying to secure his signature, I can tell you that midfielder Stephen Pinard is training with Sunderland after being released from his contract by Everton. Nigerian Football Association announced that their new coach for the Super Eagles will be appointed this month. The Super Eagles have been without a head coach since the resignation of Sunday Olesa from the role in February. In cricket news, two test matches taking place at the moment uh, in England at Edgbaston. I can tell you it is day one between Pakistan and uh, England. The third Investec test England batting first after they were sent in currently 259 for seven. While at Sabina Park in Jamaica, the West Indies hanging on for dear life. They've lost one wicket though. They're currently 189 for five on day five. They still trail uh, India by 115 runs. Uh, that's not that important, but they'll be trying to bat all day to salvage this test match. India need five more wickets uh, to pick up victory. Coming up next on SAFM Sports Trap, we'll find out what's happening in that football. SABC brings you the Rio 2016 Olympics live on SABC TV channels and SABC radio stations. 
Well, the opening ceremony only takes place on Saturday, but uh, official action has started between Banyana, Banyana and Sweden. Natalie Germanis is keeping an eye on things for us. Natalie, deep into the first half, still goalless, but uh, Banyana absorbing a lot of pressure. Yeah, there certainly are. There's no doubt about it. It's almost 37 minutes gone in this first half. It is currently nil-nil. So far, South Africa have had just one shot on goal. It was on target, and it came in the very early stages of the match. Since then, though, we've seen Sweden have five shots on goal, just one of them being on target. It did come off the crossbar from Jakobsson, and that was in the fifth minute of the game, just hitting the top of the crossbar. Unfortunately, from Bayana's point of view, it did go out and over. Now, unfortunately, we are seeing an for Shiwe Nogwane up front for South Africa and it looks like we might see a change from them. It'll be their first change and will be a forced change as well and it looks like Mutlalo will be coming on for South Africa which is a little bit of a blow. Nogwane has been struggling with her right foot for a while. It's uh, heavily strapped up and she went off for some attention and now coming back on she's just moved uh, with a little bit of difficulty. She's going to be stretched off and it looks like we might see the first change for South Africa so it looks like Montalo will be coming on for South Africa in the 38th minute. They started off with Shiwe Nogwane and Jermaine Siopusenwe up front. And Siopusenwe did score in that match against New Zealand last week on Thursday. She was the only player for South Africa to score when they lost 4-1 in the end. Mamelo Makobani, Stephanie Malharba, Amanda Dlamini and Rafael Ejani started in the midfield for South Africa. Jani has since moved from the left side, more patrolling the centre of the field at the moment. Malharba yet again having a good game for South Africa. Lebokang Ramalepa is starting out on the right-hand side at the back and the centre-back pairing of Noko Matlal and Janine van Vaik, the very experienced pairing, of course, starting in the centre with Notonda Villakazi starting on the left-hand side for South Africa. She has uh, had a few good runs up the left-hand side, Villakazi, but in general, it's been very difficult for South Africa to get up front and make sure that they can have any chance for putting uh, the defence of Sweden under pressure because uh, they've had to play very deep throughout most of the match. South Africa yet to even uh, be awarded a corner as of yet, uh, as Sweden have had five corners so far. From uh, Sweden's point of view, they'll be pretty happy with the start. They are looking for a medal this time around. They've never medaled, but every time they come to the Olympics, it's just gotten better and better from them. They started out on the left-hand side with Magdalena Eriksson on the left at the back. Linda Sembrandt and Nilla Fischer make up their centre-back pairing, while uh, Jessica Samuelson is on the left-hand side at the back. Carolyn Serger, who is actually a co-captain, but today not wearing the captain's armband, starting in the midfield. She's been really patrolling that midfield quite well and doing a good job from Sweden's point of view and keeping things quiet. Lisa Dalkfest in the centre. Kosovari Aslani as well, starting on the left-hand side in that centre. They're playing in a 4-3-3 formation. Up front, Lotta Schellen is wearing the uh, captain's armband today. Fredolina Rolfa is uh, up front as well. And Sofia Jakobsen, who had that one shot on goal earlier, is also up front. Now, there's an opportunity for Sweden up the left-hand side as they make their way into the 18-yard area, but uh, South Africa's defence has been pretty solid. 40 minutes gone, no goals as of yet. South Africa have had uh, very few opportunities to go up front, but now possibly with Amanda Dlamini up the right-hand side as she pushes it back towards the centre where Silpo Senwe is uh, lying in wait. She's uh, travelled a lot today, a lot of miles on those boots because she's been playing quite deep and then had to try and see if she could push up front 
Now she's back to the centre of the field and Vilakazi has position up the left-hand side just inside the half of Sweden trying to see if she can push forward now towards Makalo who's just come on for South Africa. A chip forward towards Vilakazi is thwarted in the end with Aslani from Sweden getting possession back for the blue-yellow as they are called or Blachut in Swedish. And now it's a throw-in for Sweden. And uh, that won't be happening up the, their right-hand side, quite deep inside their own half. But so far, South Africa will be happy with their defence because the defensive work that they put together against New Zealand last Thursday was pretty poor and they made a lot of errors at the back. There's one or two errors as well from the keeper, Roxanne Barco, starting in goals again today. But today she's had a good start to her Olympic campaign. And now Sweden have possession, trying to push forward. They're into the centre of the park. Back now with Aslani towards Fisher. They play it out towards the right-hand side now with uh, Samuelson. Samuelson's uh, looking forward, finding Rolfa. Rolfa chips it towards the centre of the 18-yard area. South Africa have something to deal with here. They're still trying to clear the ball. They're battling to do that. It's back with Aslani as well, who's chipping the ball towards Barker. And in the end, Barker's able to keep possession. So South Africa at the moment holding strong. It is 0-0, and we're into the 42nd minute. Thank you very much, Natalie Jemanis. We'll come back to you during the half-time break uh, and just chat a little bit about uh, what we can expect for the rest of this campaign. Coming up next on SAFN Sports Trap, we'll chat Super Rugby. SABC brings you the Rio 2016 Olympics live on SABC TV channels and SABC radio stations. Let's go, Rio. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to South Africa's news and information leader, and I can't believe we're talking about the final weekend of 2016 Super Rugby. Uh, it's been a fascinating campaign, to say the least. I think a, st- a steep learning curve, not just for us as fans and journalists, but also for players with regards to trying to figure out how the competition actually works with the different conferences. But we are down to the final two, and we join now by rugby journalist Johan Ferreira. Johan, welcome on to SAFM Sport Trap once again. Again, South Africa against New Zealand. It's uh, going to be a, a cracker of a final on Saturday morning. Most definitely, Brad. It's going to be stunning to watch. And I don't think one can debate too much about the fact that the two best teams in the competition are facing up to one another in the grand finale. It's just sad that one decision to face a or to send a so-called B team to Argentina is going to count against the Lions. Uh, you know, inside, easy to talk about it right now, but that, this final could uh, could and should have been hosted in Johannesburg. It's an interesting point you make that, Johan. At the time, people were, were pretty upset with the Lions losing that game with that second-string side going to South America. But the following week, a lot of people were praising Johan Ackermann uh, for, for his decision because he had rested key players who, who were, were struggling possibly with, with a bit of fatigue and, and, and some niggles. Do you think it could come back to bite them? Do you, do you personally believe that wasn't the right decision? Brad, and again, I, I give all credit to Johan Ackermann. So if uh, this interview gets back to him, let me first start off by saying I'm a big fan of what he's done. Uh, but I have to criticize the decision as a journalist. I, it couldn't have been the right decision because there was just too much at stake. And you, you threw away the opportunity to have a big plus in a final. I mean, there's no doubt the team hosting a final will start as favourites. There's no doubt about it. And I think the fans deserved to watch their team play in a final at home. And yes, it's easy to criticise afterwards. And at the time, he made the decision and, and it, it was a, there were a lot of people that, that said a lot of things about it. 
I just think in a super rugby competition, considering, and this is why I'm saying what I'm saying, considering the fact that we have come out of an international break, the majority of the Lions squad had been given a three-week rest period. The majority of that squad were fresh. Only a few, and by, by, by my count, about seven players had played international rugby or was part of the Springbok setup that would have led me to believe that they could have done with a bit of a break. But to withdraw so many players who, if you had seen half of this, the squad that you normally field, in my opinion, they would have been strong enough to win that game. And that would have been enough to come back and then reintroduce your Springbok players and you would have still had enough firepower to beat the Crusaders, carry on with the momentum into last week, and you would have been hosting a final at Johannesburg this week. And that's, that's the only reason I'm criticizing it. I understand that in, in the professional era and with this extended competition, players need a break, but I don't think that, it, that all those players needed a break that was given at that time, especially considering that with so many permutations, you had to surely believe that it could go the other way and that you would have, have to have win that last game to be in a position to host a final. And it didn't work out that way. And I think for that reason, and that reason alone, there are a lot of Lions supporters that could feel pretty aggrieved about a decision that could cost them the title. Interesting. I hope you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> that's just my opinion. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Let, let's talk about uh, what, what we can expect on Saturday. And uh, the Hurricanes are a fantastic side. There's no doubt about it. The Lions are playing some phenomenal rugby. Uh, it's going to be a battle, battle of the fly halves. Uh, I, I think that might be where it's won and lost. And and it's arguably the two best fly halves in the competition against, uh, or in, in two of the, the the best teams in the competition, as you rightly said. Yeah, can I just say that Elton Yankees has been phenomenal. Uh, he's got a new a new uh, life. Uh, he's rejuvenated. He's got energy. He, he takes the lines forward. I like his passing game. His options are fantastic. And I think him and Foster Clark really complement one another. And together as a unit, they they are superb. Going up against a very impressive unit of Bowden Barrett and TJ Perinara, who will keep any team busy. And how, how good has Bowden Barrett been the last couple of weeks. And you look at that all-black squad that was announced for the rugby championship, and you have Aaron Cruden, Brad Barrett, uh, Bowden Barrett, and Lima Sopoada, and you say, gee whiz, you guys are based with uh, some real talent here. I agree with you. I think the Battle of the Flyers will be key, and uh, to put your team in the right areas, and, and to get them on the front foot. I also think the role of the features will be key. Yako Creel has been... Um, a class above the rest. Warren widely expected to be back. I think that will be uh, key to the Lions' cause as well. Uh, but I also like the fact that Johan Ackermann's men have, have won games without their inspirational leader. And it just shows the depth that they have and the things are happening in Johannesburg. And I'm really excited about this game. But the generals are standing out on paper. And, and I really do believe a lot of times we, we point to the forwards and the battle on the ground and, um, and the rucks and the malls. But I think that the teams in this game you cannot under, underestimate the, the role that they're going to play, and you can't undervalue it. It's going to be superb to watch. Johan, if you look at what's happened in Super Rugby so far this season, particularly from a South African team perspective against New Zealand teams, and if we look at just of, of late, uh, the Sharks in their quarterfinal, they, they were, uh, I mean, I, I can't even think of a word to describe how poor they were in that, that semi-final of theirs. The, the Stormers playing their first uh, Kiwi side in the quarterfinals, and you could just see that they were almost shell-shocked by the intensity and the pace at which uh, New Zealand teams play. The Lions, on the other hand, if you look at their last two performances against two clubs, sides, 
the Lions haven't just won those games. They've dominated those games, and the score lines uh, are, are there to prove it as well. Three in a row, it's going to be tough. Weather conditions look like it's going to be raining, but the Lions have shown against the Blues in Johannesburg that come rain or shine, it doesn't matter. They're going to play that same brand of rugby. Do you think that the Lions have got a, a really good shot at this, or are they outside outside hopes and, and underdogs going into this final? One has to say, surely one has to say that the Hurricanes will start as favourites. They've got their own crowd behind them. They'll want to also make right for what went wrong in last year's final when they also did it. So there's a, there's a bit extra pressure, I think, on them, and that will also play into the hands of the Lions. I hope that Johan Ackermann's charges will do exactly what they've done so far this season, but they will also be reminded of their clash against the Hurricanes earlier this season that didn't go according to plan. I am, I still think that they've got what it takes. I'm sad to see that the weather prediction is pointing towards rain, and that to me will spoil the final somewhat, but I do believe that they have the game plan to, to, to play in any sort of condition. I like the scrum. I think the scrum dominance has been evident throughout, and you know, Brad, to go back to what you've said, the other teams have looked pretty average against the New Zealand teams. The, the reason the Lions are looking good is because they are playing a New Zealand-type game plan. They run with ball in hand. They go over the advantage line. They've got hunters in their pack of forwards that operate the stretches, and then they, they, they're not scared to counter attack. And that is what is making them exciting, where traditionally South African teams are too happy to get rid of ball in hand by kicking away, and we know our legal New Zealand teams are on the counter-attack. Now suddenly, we have a team in South Africa that are more than willing to run. I just hope that they are going to be prepared to do that in a final where suddenly the mindset is different and one mistake could be the difference between winning a Super Rugby title and losing it. If the weather plays fair, it's game on. If the weather spoils it somewhat, I'm afraid to say I've got to tip the Hurricanes purely because they will be more used to playing in those conditions. Well, I can't wait. Kick off 9.30 Saturday morning, Johan Ferrer. Thank you so much for your time once again here on Sports Trap. Enjoy that final, and let's hope it's a victorious Lions team that we get to welcome back on South African soil. It would be an incredible story. Thanks for your time tonight. Thank you very much. And you know what? Win or lose, I think the Lions have done South Africa proud, and they've shown where Super Rugby needs to go in this country. Join us this Thursday on Top Billing in a home at the leading edge of award-winning designer living. Rio Olympic swimmers Chad Ho and Matthew Mayer are flying through the water. Kirsten Bosch recreates their gold medal winning Chelsea Flower Show exhibit. Plus, bold and the beautiful star Texas Battle is loving the Eastern Cape. Catch top billing this Thursday night at 8. Repeat Sunday at 12.30 on SABC3. You're listening to Sport on SAFM. The next best thing to being at the game. Well, as the countdown to the 2016 Rio Olympic Games continue, the countdown to the Paralympics continues too. And gold medal hopeful uh, Archer Sean Anderson says representing South Africa at the upcoming Rio 2016 Paralympic Games will be a dream come true in just over a month from now. The Paralympic Games are scheduled to start on September the 7th. They run through to the 18th. And the 43-year-old who overcame a life-threatening illness and had to remodel his shooting action in the past two years says he's honoured to be part of Team South Africa. The Tux Archery Club member Anderson says he believes that he's thoroughly prepared with the hope of returning with a medal. It's a dream come true. Just over a year and a half ago, I was very ill and almost died. I thought my career was goodbye there. I fought through it with the help of my team around me. We managed to pull it off and come back and yeah, qualify for Rio to be a medal contender as well. 
preparation's going well, but it's on it. I got asked the other day the same question, and I said, you know, there's a privilege to be standing there representing your country and knowing that you're one of 45 in a team. I can't explain it. It's just such an honor. You've got to stand in the proudness. Unbelievable. The para-archer won gold at the Archery National and World Championships last year, competing with able-bodied people to reaffirm his challenge for a medal in Rio. Anderson thanked his support structures for their continuous support during the difficult times in preparation for the upcoming Paralympics. Well, for three and a half years, I was actually shooting with my mouth. We started to notice I was overdeveloping my neck. It started giving me problems. Uh, yeah, I got back from World Champs, and we realized we we're going to have to go to a brace. And that was scary, being so close to Rio. You know, when you talk about a year to somebody, they think, oh, a year is a big... But in our, a year is quick. It was a big step. So um, you have to get your mind around it, number one, was the big thing. But I don't regret it because um, my coach kicked my butt. I phoned her a couple of times crying and going, hey, I want to go back to my mouth and she's like, no, 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 you stay, you go back to your mouth and we finished. And I said, no. And the team, you know, I'm supported by an amazing team, my, my physio, Sunette, my bio, Kelly, my sports psychologist, uh, Dr. Kralin Finica, Stephen Ball, Mr. Funnival. When you're having those tough days, you at least, you know, you can go knock on a door and they understand, you know, you, you unload and you do whatever you have to do and they understand and they put you back together, you know, but um, it was a huge step. I mean, to make drastic changes like that so close to Syria, it was a massive step, but I, I'm grateful because... My points have climbed to 20 points. It's put me into the place where I want to be in the world with the top guys. So, yeah, you know, on the day, if everything goes well, we hope you can stand there and be singing our national anthem. Uh, definitely, we will be. After sacrificing and losing almost everything, including his job in order to live his dream of representing South Africa at these Paralympics, Anderson mostly thanked his immediate family for the extra support. Anderson also has some words of encouragement for youngsters out there. On my bow, I've got a little piece of paper that I've stuck on there, and it says there's no such word as can't. As a motto, I believe I believe in that very a hell of a lot. I, even my kids in my house, my children know you don't use the word can't, because there's only two things you can't do, and that's eat and go to the toilet and drink water. The rest you can do. Now, when I lost the arm, and last year, especially a year and a half ago when I was so sick, I had to dig deep. And, you know, when I look at children with a disability, non-disability, impoverished, whatever, if you believe in something strong enough, if you believe in your heart with everything your mind that you can achieve it you can achieve it and you also got to believe in the man upstairs you got to believe in whatever religion you are you believe in yourself hard enough you can achieve it and that was something I had to really dig deep I came out of quitting my job doing everything for this dream I dug deep when people said to me you're not going to be able to shoot a bow with your mouth I laughed and I said no such word as can't and when I said I want to go to the Olympics you know a lot of people in the beginning looked at me and said sure no wait whoa whoa you yeah you know nicknamed the one arm bandit Anderson adds that the key to achieving anything in life is believing in oneself and your ability. What I can say to the kids is make sure you surround yourself with positive people. If you believe in something strong enough, live it, eat it, drink it, sleep it, because it can happen. And it doesn't mean if you want to just be an Olympian. It means anything you, you want to face in life. If you believe you can achieve it, you can. I mean, I'm dyslexic and I'm hyperactive. I, I battle to read and spell to this day, and I'm not ashamed to say that. But I've achieved amazing things in my life because I believed in myself and I believed in what I can do. And if you don't believe in that, you're never going to get it. The biggest thing of becoming a professional athlete and being here with these guys here, if you walk up to any one of them, they had to believe in themselves. If they couldn't believe in themselves, you're not, if you've got a doubt in yourself, you're not going to win a medal. You're not going to be the top performing person out there. And that can be in business, in anything you want to achieve. You've got to believe in who you are. Anderson concluded by saying youngsters need to identify their strong points and what they're good at from a young age and start working towards it as soon as possible. 
And in the beginning it was tough because as a youngster at school, I always battled at school, so I was not very liked. You know, but sport I was always good at. And it took a while for me to realize in the beginning that I'm working towards becoming Olympian. And, and, and to be a professional athlete, you've got to believe in yourself. And sometimes you have the doubt and you have the guilt, but you don't. You've got to believe. If you don't believe, and that's the biggest thing, believe in yourself and there's no such word as can't. So when somebody says you can't do that, you can. Who would have ever turned around and said the late Nelson Mandela would have been president? But he believed it. You can't tell me he didn't believe it. He believed he was going to come off Robben Island. Anybody out there believes that they can achieve. And that's the way I look at life. That's my motto in life. When they told me you're not, you're not going to be ready to make the world champs of my health and that, I said to the doctor, I'll be out of this hospital in the next... And I believed in it. And I did it. And I was out of hospital a month and a half and I was going to nationals. And I went into nationals and won nationals because I believed I could do it. And there's the same belief I've got going to Rio. I believe that I'm the best prepared. I'm at the level that I'm at now. I can't get better than what I'm green. I, I, I've done everything. I've done the homework. I've ticked the box. You know, you, my bags are packed. SABC brings you the Rio 2016 Olympics live on SABC TV channels and SABC radio stations. Almost time to say cheerio, but it is half time in that clash between Banyana Banyana and Sweden. Natalie Germanis joins us now. Natalie, a tough 45 minutes for Vera Powell's charges uh, in, in a, a difficult group. This is probably going to be their toughest, toughest match. Uh, so far, so good. Yeah, so far so good indeed because uh, being nil-nil is not bad at all from their point of view. They lost 4-1 to Sweden in the 2012 Olympics. But possession-wise, Sweden are dominating 63% of the possession they are having at the moment with eight shots on goal. Only one of them on target, though. And you could see that Sweden was just getting a little frustrated towards the end of the half because they were starting to take shots from much further back because they felt they couldn't get in close enough. So that's really good from South Africa's point of view. But they have had five offsides, Banyana Banyana, so they're struggling to get forward at the moment to have an opportunity to actually score. But uh, I think they'll be feeling pretty tired. They've had a lot of running to do, a lot of defensive work, but so far so good. Looking forward to the conclusion of that match. Uh, second half gets underway just after seven. We'll have uh, more crossings for you here on SAFM, uh, SAFM this evening during the talk shop. SABC brings you the Rio 2016 Olympics live on SABC TV channels and SABC radio stations. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. And that's about it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Thank you very much to my entire team in Johannesburg, to my producer, Siobhan Chetty, who's back after a well-deserved break. Thank you very much. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon on PM Live. We'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning uh, on AM Live with Janet Wooden. Don't forget to stay tuned to stay up to date with what's happening uh, with Banyana Banyana in their Olympic opener. And don't forget tomorrow, the under-23s get their campaign underway against the host Brazil. Going to be a tough encounter. Let's see what I'm a glug glug can do. Coming up on the other side of 7 o'clock, it is the talk shop, but first, time for your news.